This podcast is brought to you through a partnership between Tennessee's Early Intervention System and the Treatment and Research Institute for Autism Spectrum Disorders. My name is Shannon Pargen. I'm the Strategic Planning Coordinator for Tennessee's Early Intervention System. And today I'm joined by Jennifer Kelly, who is a pediatric physical therapist. She has over 14 years of experience practicing in outpatient, school, and early intervention settings. Jennifer's primary experience is in early intervention in the natural environment. She received her MPT and TDPT from the University of Tennessee Health Science Center in Memphis, Tennessee. She has a special interest in treatment and handling of infants' pre-walking skills. She has vast experience with orthotic and equipment recommendations and management. So, we are still coming at you live from our Building Best Practice Conference, and Jennifer did a session yesterday. And Jennifer, tell us what your session was called and what it was about. Um, my session yesterday was called, uh, Why Isn't Johnny Walking? And um, it was basically looking at gross motor skills and what a child should be doing at what age. Um, a lot of it was not what you would think would be about walking because there's so many skills that are required before a child can learn to walk. So we started with the babies and with head control and with, um, I mean, with head control and with trunk control. Those are the very first precursors and your very first um, gross motor skills and we went from there um, up to um, just talking about some of the big issues that um, are facing our infants today. Um, some of those being uh, plagiocephaly and torticollis um, just because with our whole back to sleep campaign which drastically reduced sudden infant death um, so it's a great great thing but parents are afraid to put their babies on their tummy um, and because parents are afraid to put their babies on their tummy um, a lot of babies are put um, in positioners and they don't have head control and so their heads are falling to one side and we're developing torticologists and plagiocephaly. We talked some about why it's important to crawl. Crawling is a, um, a hugely important skill and um, many, many medical providers um, are even taking crawling off the developmental checklist. Like that it's not seen as such an important skill as it once was. Um, and so we talked about the importance of crawling and why it's important to continue to encourage your kid to crawl. And we talked about um, container baby syndrome, just babies being in um, positioners quite frequently and how that delays their gross motor skills. So, you know, I, I had some, I'm a social worker. I had some early experiences um, when I was a student in a homeless shelter and we would see that with the babies in the, the carriers with the little bald spots on the back of their heads a lot. So that's the kind of thing you're talking about? Yes, that, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Um, it can begin, it can be caused in utero even. Like just um, from the position in utero, it's nothing necessarily that happened outside of birth just from being um, positioned incorrectly. But over time, it can get worse. And yes, what about the the baby carriers, like the, the baby wearing devices that you use? Any opinion on those? I think for the most part, those are um, those are really good. Um, 
I could never wear my babies. I never felt comfortable wearing my babies. I felt like they were just going to fall out. But I think that is a really good thing. The thing with holding a baby and the baby being down on the floor is that the baby is moving and adjusting to its environment. Being worn, um, they can, they're moving and adjusting to their environment. They're moving their body. Um, in containers and carriers such as car seats and um, the baby, the baby carriers, um, vision is limited. A lot of times, babies are not looking side to side, um, especially once the baby's old enough and has head control and can face out in a carrier. They're using their vision, even when they're being worn, to see their environment and they're taking in all that movement. Um, so I, I think baby carriers worn on their mother is a very good thing. I was just wondering, yeah, I'm learning. So in my family, and I think my nephew would be really embarrassed if he knew how often I used him as an example, but in my family, what I hear a lot, because he's a, he's a parent, what I hear a lot is Johnny, using the example from your session title, didn't walk because, you know, in our family, well, his, his brother didn't, and, and, you know, that's just normal for us, and he'll get it eventually, and it's nothing to be worried about. Do you hear that a lot? Um, yeah, sometimes I hear that a lot, and sometimes it's true. Sometimes, you know, there are just late walkers, um, and it is okay to be a late walker. Statistically, you are considered a late walker um, if you're not walking at 18 months old, but um, late walkers catch up to, you know, early walkers, and at, you know, at three years old, you're not going to see any difference in the kids that were late walkers versus the kids that were um, that walked earlier if you, if we're talking about typically developing children. So if you are just a late walker, that is that is not an issue at all. So when do you refer for PT? When do you get concerned? Okay, so if we're talking about a baby without a diagnosis, that you know there are certain diagnoses that we know these children are going to have delayed gross motor skills just because they carry this diagnosis. But if we're talking um, about a child without a diagnosis that is just seeming to not develop according to um, the correct timeline, then um, we would refer to PT um, when you see a child that is at this age level and they just, they cannot keep up with their peers. They're not keeping up with their peers. There's some red flags. If their movements, if their body movements are just uncoordinated and jerky, um, if they are very low tone floppy children, they just don't seem to be able to hold themselves up in the right way. Um, maybe they, um, they are, they are delayed from the very beginning. They, they haven't rolled on time. They just have no motivation to really move and understand that they can explore their environment. Um, those would be good times to refer to PT. So do you have a favorite story from your practice that you want to share? Um, sure. One of my um, one of my favorite stories is uh, a little girl I treated many many years ago. She is probably I have no idea how old she would be now, um, but she was a um, she had spastic diplegia, so walking was difficult, and we were working so hard on walking, and she was so very very close to walking. Um, she did much better if I sang um, the Cinderella song and. Um, and if she could hold the hand of a baby doll. We got to where she didn't really need any additional support from me. She just wasn't quite confident. Um, 
And so she could hold the hand of the baby doll, and I could hold the other hand of the baby doll, and she could walk, and she could walk on beat with that, with that little Cinderella song. Um, and she was, she was really just a lot, a lot of fun. That's so sweet. So we are at Building Best Practice Conference. So when we're talking about best practice, do you have any um, tips or suggestions on partnering with other members of the IFSP team? are being um, members of IFSP teams and working together? Um, I, I really, really love being a member of the IFSP team. Um, I feel like it is so important for the family to feel like everybody is on the same page and have the same goals. Um, where, where I work, um, we are in very close contact with service coordinators and the early intervention um, specialists. We speak, I would say, you know, sometimes daily about different, you know, this is going on with this family, this is going on with this family. Um, being present in the IFSP meetings is um, is a great help to add to, um, this is what we're working on in PT, this is what we would like to see happen as far as, um, you know, helping the family to decide exactly what they want to see is, you know, next steps and this for their child and and just hearing the family say this has gone well um I would like to see this happen next um and everybody just working together I think is a, it's a great thing so I was um talking to people and getting some some feedback regarding the session and there was actually someone that said they weren't sure what direction they wanted to go in with their career and your session actually inspired them and they were planning to become a physical therapist so any wow that <laughs> i mean i think that is hugely exciting i love the field of physical therapy i think it is a fabulous career um i love my babies i love seeing success i love seeing them succeed and learn new things um so yeah i would definitely encourage physical therapy i'm glad they thought that well, thank you so much for being here today and for talking to us and for the conference. We are so appreciative of all of our providers that make time to come and, and share the knowledge. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm here.